0: Into the Fray, a Bridge Church resource for you as you follow Jesus in your day-to-day. On this episode, I, Austin, and Robbie sit down and wrestle with the idea of who are we. Specifically, who are we in regards to our sex or gender? In this episode, we get into the language behind a lot of the conversation around gender today, and then I even share a bit about how I've had to wrestle with my identity as a man. We get into all this and much more, so join the conversation with us. Leave us a rating and review, and click our links in the description to find out more about us. Now, let's enter into the fray. What's your favorite TV show of all time? Ooh...
1: Favorite TV show? Oh man. Hmm. It's a good one. Movies I'm much better at answering with this. Uh, you know, I the ones I guess that I still like. We still click on because they're funny. Um, like uh, the Big Bang Theory. I still watch that because uh, it's just a different dynamic. It's hilarious, but we still. Watch that. Carrie loves Friends. And so when that comes on, or usually, I guess mine, maybe, I guess, The Big Bang. And, of course, I don't agree with all of it <laughs> kind of thing, which is, you know, one of those things, though. I mean, I, yeah. it's a show. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, but the, the, the different dynamics of the characters and stuff, um, I don't know. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Used to maybe like a Seinfeld or something like that. But now I cut it on, not quite as funny. I don't know. It's crazy. Like, you know, um, there's certain shows... Uh, that I watched when you know high school or college I should say or young adult and I don't know just not quite as funny as I thought they were at the time
0: did you get into the office Uh, I did not okay is that yours yeah yeah Yeah. that's the all time favorite yeah and
1: that's still on like crazy right like even just regular network yeah
0: yeah Uh, the only trouble is is when they took it off Netflix that it's just not as easy to watch now okay so like when it was on Netflix everybody could just it's like top of the list of like number one show yeah, or yeah. whatever you click on it and it was easy to keep on repeat but then they took it off of Netflix put it on Peacock or whatever uh-huh. that's another subscription yeah I'm so it's there's that stumbling block so I don't have Peacock I have the box sets uh-huh. it's just a whole like thing to like put the disc in <laughs> we're in. So full. yeah I yeah as I said, that I was like, "Wow, I'm lazy." <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're streaming, uh, just the whole dynamic we have now, and who knows what we'll have in five, ten years, kind of thing. But yeah, we're just we're spoiled, man. Like, eat commercials, like even watching on wow. network or you know Dish or whatever kind of thing. Now it's like, man, I, I hate commercials, which is funny because Bryce, like Bryce, we would record like he streams tablets and stuff like that all the time. But even before that uh, like DVR and stuff so we would record like his favorite shows so if it was like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or whatever kind of we and so as he's watching it I just automatically fast forward through the commercials yeah and so when when he would watch it live he'd be like "Uh uh-uh like it, (laughs) it, it didn't resonate because it was like why are I'll, I'll yeah. go back to Mickey. Like, I don't want to watch this you know, <laughs> infomercial or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so why The Office? I'm I'm just curious since I don't know. I mean, I know about it, but I never got uh, into
0: it. It's just... Oh, man, there's so much, like, I feel like, different shades of humor in it because you have so many different characters. Mm-hmm. And so if you're just like very silly, stupid humor, uh-huh. that's in it. Okay. There's also like the sarcastic humor. And then there's like the deep deep humor that's like probably more intellectual but i don't think most people catch on to that until like a few times through this actual series yeah so there's just jokes on jokes on jokes Mm -hmm. um and then uh i don't know it's just comfort i was listening to the guy who plays dwight uh he just wrote a book about It's like Soul Boom or something like that. Okay. And he's like a very spiritual guy. And he's like part of the Baha'i Faith. And Russell Moore was interviewing Mm -hmm. him. And he was like, why do you think The Office... He's like, my sons, who weren't alive when The Office first came out, have that show on repeat. Why (laughs) do you think that is? And he's like, you know, it's weird. Like, There are teenagers who dream of working in a paper company office because of that show. Because they think it's going to be like that. Oh Wow. And he's like, it's just like this comfort show that huh. you put on, you want to watch, and so you're like you'll watch it all the way through. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those shows that you can like have on in the background while you're doing laundry and you haven't missed too much that you're out of the loop. Yeah. And it's a show yeah. that you can rewatch over and over again, and there's a different joke that you missed that you like yeah. There's just always something to get from that show. Okay. Yeah. It's and there's so many seasons that there's just uh, if you rewatch it, like you have to go through a whole journey again. Uh-huh. So it's, huh? It's like a whole world.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was funny, like about because people will hear you know my being maybe the big bang, which I'm not a big show person anyway. Um, but like the again, I don't uh, aspire to the big bang. That well, God spoken. I'm, I'm sure it was Big Bang, yeah. you know what I mean, kind of thing. But how, you know, not not that they do, but like Sheldon's mom is just very religious and how that kind of depicts them sometimes mm-hmm. or the dynamic of, okay, well, these, you know, four best friends or nerds basically thing. And so when they bring in a jock or something like that, it's usually to make fun of. And so, yeah. you know, I think if people just kind of, Again, you hear that or see just that one episode or or whatever kind of thing. You think, man, this is anti-Christian. It's It's anti-like. But it's really not because, again, it's one of those when it kind of, as the shows go on, it it shows. You know what I mean? Much more level to that.
0: what is it? Raj? He has a, he's Uh Hindu or something like that. So they have an episode. Well, he's the the Indian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's got... I, I don't remember which character it was, but they're like, I don't get how you can believe in, like, uh, be a part of a religion when you're a scientist. Uh-huh. Yes. And he's like, no, I think they, like, can yeah. coexist. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And even uh Sheldon. Yeah, mm-hmm. like him and his mom's dynamic. Of yeah. he, he disagrees with his mom, but he's still like, uh-huh. no, my mom is, like, the boss. Yes.
1: And one of the things I guess I like, too, is I like... I mean, because there there's certain shows again. Like I'm an action guy, so there's there's certain shows. But and we were talking before we you know started this podcast, just uh, the different layers of things. Like I just love like so. I, I guess one of the things that's been I mean, some of it's just humor, and I know some of it. It's not all, it's not really crude or anything like that. I mean, there there is some kind of things. You just got to you know what I mean with any show, I guess. Um, but the dynamic of like for Sheldon is this very different. Mm-hmm. He is very, very, and not self-aware. There's a lot of most of the time of being so different. Yeah. He thinks it's normal, mm-hmm. um, but for me, like I, I felt like I don't know. Part of me, I, I don't relate to that. You know what I mean? But it it's interesting to kind of watch it and see his heart and see it played out. Yeah. It kind of helps me. I don't know with like okay with different personalities and different backgrounds and different beliefs and things like you know what I mean. So I don't know for me maybe that's a little more in depth than what people think about comedy sitcom <laughs> kind of thing. But I don't know.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, uh, with like The Office because it was a remake. There's the British version, which is like Richie Ricky Gervais. Ricky okay, Carvace. I screwed up his name. Uh, <laughs> He'll forgive you. But it's very like dry sense of humor. Theirs was uh, I. I didn't like it that much, mm-hmm. but then the American version came out, and the first episode is basically shot by shot a mm-hmm. remake of that, just mm-hmm. with Americans. Okay. And in that first season, you watch like Michael Scott, like Steve Carell's okay. character. He's very like he, he's a jerk. Yeah. You don't root for him. You're like he's a an annoying, terrible boss. Yeah. But then, as the seasons go on, yeah. they have these like little redemption moments, and over the time, like you're like he's a, I would hate to probably work with a guy like him, yeah, but he cares so much, and he has like this childlike love for his people. He he has no family, and so he he really believes the office is his family. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be a part of it, but he's like, no, like you're my children, hmm. and uh, he you just watch him over time like he's this guy who at first glance you're like I don't want to be anywhere near him but then over time you're like no he's just a guy searching for love like he wants to be a part of something yeah he had a stepdad growing up who he didn't really connect with mm-hmm. um, he was always kind of the odd kid out he always like he was wearing suits like business suits when he was a kid okay and there's like this scene uh, where They had like a bring your kid to work day Uh he doesn't have any kids but he, he ends up getting along with the kids really well because he's kind of like a child yeah well he's like i i was on this tv show when i was a kid uh this kid's television show so he like puts the tape in or whatever and they're interviewing all the different kids like what did what do you want to be when you grow up and stuff like that and his was like i want to be loved hmm I, I just wish everyone would love me. Wow. And like you just it cuts to like Michael present day uh-huh. and he's like emotionally broke down. He's like, Yeah, I still want that and I still have I don't got a family. These work people, I wanna be my family, but they don't really want they it's not vice versa. Hmm. And so you're like, dang, you really start to feel for this character and just over time you uh you root for him. And then yeah. when he finally falls in love, yeah, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it humanized each and every character mm-hmm. in the office. Mm-hmm. All of them have like these different quirks and personalities that yeah. drive you up the wall. But over time you start rooting for them. Yeah. And it's just like huh. the subtle, I don't know, storyline up underneath that, like we all want to be loved. Yeah. And, uh, it, you just start appreciating the people around you. And yeah. I, I think it was uh, Rainn Wilson, and when he was being interviewed by Russell Moore, he's like, uh, the showrunner, Greg Daniels, just really was trying to show beauty in the ordinary mm-hmm. of in this boring mm-hmm. office. There's so much beauty around you because yeah. that's basically the whole show. They don't go outside much. Yeah. It's not like, a, like in Big Bang Theory, they have like their work setting, and uh-huh. then they have their home setting. Then they go to the comic store. Uh-huh. Uh, they have all these different places, but the office—it's literally just the office for most of the show. Huh. But they have all these different storylines they have coming through there of just these people trying uh-huh. to make the office home.
1: Yeah, that's cool too. I mean, we're, we're dissecting. <laughs> What's funny is I was thinking about—I wonder, like, this was polled kind of stuff. Like, if you were just to ask, you know, 100 people or whatever, kind of Family Feud style you know, their favorite show, what category it would even fit in? Yeah. Like, is comedy just because of the relief aspect of it, the humor? But then you and I are talking, we're, we're, you know... It's not just the numbness or, or just let me bring some joy and in, in laughter or whatever. It's like these underlying storylines. You know, it's like brings yeah. you into the character, which is cool. Because as I was even thinking, uh, like if you were to ask my wife what my, she would probably say like one of the investigation uh, stories, like NCIS and FBI, like all these kind of, because yeah. I love that aspect. But even to those, because I'm like, I want to figure it out, you know, kind of thing. I'm a solid, yeah. but even though they have storylines, yeah. you know, deep storylines within that. Um, and my wife would be, man, she watches a lot, watches a lot of ID channel, which is kind of scary for me sometimes. She's because you know, like it's like
0: how to get away with murder. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, Berlin's the same, is it's, she? Yeah, yeah. So I'm
1: like, yeah, I love you because uh, I want to go this
0: hiking uh, trip and. She's yelling about why she thinks like John Wayne Gacy is better than oh wow, Fred Wow, and there's all these other people who are just like, Oh my god, <laughs> What's guy, wrong? that guy's about to die! Yeah, <laughs> I hate him. That's funny. I yeah, I don't know. Man, that's cool. Okay, so this is a kind of deeper question, but yeah. so personal. Okay. Uh, has there ever been a moment in your life where you really struggled with your identity, where you felt like you didn't fit in, or um, you just maybe you're going through like a transition period of like mm-hmm. I don't know, like uh, there's the like common analogy of like the student who has always been involved in sports his entire life mm-hmm. doesn't make it yeah. to college yeah. to play sports or whatever, so he has to like figure out what his new hobbies sure. are. Was there ever a moment where you really struggled with your identity? Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've got one big one that just pops off when you when you ask that question. I mean, I, I've got over the course of time, and even as a believer kind of stuff, I think that's a, it's a constant struggle or it can be a constant struggle with identity because we're, we're looking for value and purpose and other things. Mm-hmm. It's this pull of the flesh kind of thing. But the big one for me was actually um, right before coming to faith in Christ. Um, I mean, I struggled, you know, even in college, out of college kind of thing, and, and just, you know, I, I did have the sports thing. I did have, you know, the popular or whatever else kind of thing, but I still felt like alone a lot kind of thing, so there was, there was a deeper, like, what am I here for? Is this all there is kind of thing and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, but for me, like, in the job world, it was funny, like, I was searching so much, and I didn't even know it. And it's, you know, now you look back and it's, like, oh, I see what God was doing. But at the time, it was like, man, I, I was working for this company called Philip Morris, making really good money. And then, you know, Christ is, 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 is wooing me. I mean, drawing me, using things. And, and I was trying to figure out, okay, well, what am I to do with this? I think part of it was the struggle of answering the call. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that was just so weighty. I, I didn't even know what all it entailed, but I knew it was big. And I, I, and I was like, eh, no, I don't know <laughs> that. You know what I mean? So, man, I, I got my uh, contracting license. Thought I was going to do, you know, like building houses and things of that, you know, that nature. I got my real estate license. I worked for a dozen, it seems like, part-time jobs. Just trying to figure out what in the world to do.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, because it was like, and I, everything I did... I kind of knew that wasn't it I mean there was a little bit of interest kind of thing or I wouldn't have done it in the first place but it was like I don't it just didn't you know it wasn't it but I can see with even all those now again hindsight how God uses a lot of that even for now in ministry but I I don't know I was just struggling with purpose and finding something that was really fulfilling Mm -hmm. and so and all these things yeah just never kind of did the job about you
0: Yeah, there's been a a good bit of them. <laughs> the one that I feel like ties into this conversation that we're about to have uh, is growing up with a dad like mine who's mm-hmm. like man's man. Okay. Uh, he he worked in a cabinet shop, so he's always been into the, like the physical labor. Mm-hmm. But then when he's not at the cabinet shop he's out at the racetrack or he's uh going to the auto parts store just to hang out Mm -hmm. like yeah 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 and so i'm constantly around like these men who love cars and Mm -hmm. they got all over them or we're at the cabinet shop and he's like throwing boards on his shoulder and he's like just building cabinets and then uh and then you go to his family's house and it's they're talking about, like, getting fist fights growing up and, like, all these brawls. <laughs> and then you go to church, and we got to go to men's uh, what, – what is it called? Brotherhood. Yeah. Brotherhood yeah. meetings. And I'd always go with my dad to just about everything he did. So I'm, like, the little kid there, and they're frying fish and quail and every other animal they shot that week. <laughs> and yes. – then like we because of brotherhood we'd end up going hunting and like fishing and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. i have pictures of it and i definitely didn't know what to wear because i have like spider-man t-shirts on and like bright colors Mm -hmm. as we're going hunting and everyone else in the picture is like got camo on and then it's just me with spider-man and uh but i remember as a kid like really struggling and being like dang like i want to be like my dad yeah i don't know how though because i don't like any of this stuff i don't care about cars i don't care about hunting or fishing uh i'd bring my like game boy advance when we'd go hunting and my Mm -hmm. dad would be like all right just turn the volume down like you're gonna do it do it but like yeah and uh i just i did not get into all that with like traditionally manly stuff Mm -hmm. and i haven't told many people this uh until more recently but uh i remember as a kid walking into the living room and there's this special on the news or whatever about this person in like i think japan who found out late in life that they're actually i don't remember which way it went but essentially it's like they were one gender they thought growing up mm-hmm. and then turned out they're a different gender mm-hmm. and i think it was like a boy to it, a someone who thought they were a man their entire life, turned out they're a female. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, frick. That must be me. Wow. Like, that would explain a lot. Yeah, I was like, I don't like football. I don't like hunting. Like, my friends were all, like, very athletic. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm looking at them. They're, like, wanting to play football and baseball. And I'm like, I want to color a picture. Like, I really loved art growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would also, like, just go in my room and, just like build these whole like worlds out of Legos and stuff like like, again that's not even like a boy girl type thing. That's just mm-hmm. what kids like to do. But all my other friends were like, "Let's go play football." And I'm like, I don't. That's not my thing. Mm-hmm. And so I hear this story as a kid. And I'm like, How do you know if you're like a boy mm-hmm. or a girl? Like, yeah, that would ex- again it would explain a lot. I had uh, these moments growing up where. Uh, at the brotherhood meetings or whatever, my dad would tell a story about how like my sister beat me up, and so the guys like just picking fun at you, mm-hmm. Be like okay right, you little girl, yeah. and yeah, I'm like man maybe they maybe they know something I don't, wow. and so then it's like really I'm a very anxious mm-hmm. in my head kid, and I, growing up hearing that stuff I'm like starting like try to put pieces together I'm like maybe they're onto something and I just haven't like figured it out yet Mm. i have long hair like and really it was just like a a bowl cut but it was just very long and yeah a thick hair and i was like you know maybe that's just Mm. that's just me i'm i'm the kid that's gonna find out i'm something different but then thankfully uh i don't know just i think growing up you just some of those questions like that you just somehow i found my way out of it Mm -hmm. and uh definitely a guy and don't really struggle with that Mm -hmm. but i remember as a kid that being like this huge moment where i'm like yeah something's wrong and i don't know what to do about it and i i don't know if i should just ignore it until it finally comes to light or whatever and I don't know. That was just like this big identity crisis moment for me, just as a kid. Yeah. So then, with uh, this topic about the transgender debate, uh, I've I started doing some research because I I, f- I feel like this is probably my arrogance that comes in hmm. is I had thought I understood this conversation mm-hmm. very well, and then I buy a book by Preston Sprinkle called Embodied. And I realize I'm very out of the loop on a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have trans friends, and I have friends who are, like, gay or lesbian. But apparently they're using terms that I did not mm-hmm. understand at all. I th- I thought I was using context clues, but I guess I yeah. don't really yeah. understand it as well as I thought. And uh, I think part of that might just be because, like, we're in a very conservative, like, traditional like setting, uh where we're at and then if you're just a slight, the slightest bit like uh, out of that, you feel like you are more very progressive and I don't know if that's making sense. But uh, I just, I thought I had this stuff figured out and then I started doing research and I realized I'm definitely very ignorant to a lot of it. Hmm. And I started reading these stories about these uh, people who are questioning like their gender and stuff. I'm like, dang, that I, I'm starting to understand the best I can a lot of the struggle. Hmm. And it took me back to that time when I was a kid. I'm like I, I don't want to boil the transgender debate down to just uh the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But there's this issue of stereotypes in our culture oh, yeah. of like what it means to be a man or a For woman sure. that a lot of us don't fit into and it causes a lot of confusion about mm-hmm. who you are and uh, even to some degrees, like a hatred for your own body and for mm-hmm. your own self yeah. because you're like, why can't I just get it together? Why yeah. can't my body fit what – yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, makes total
1: sense. Uh, yeah, two things, man. I was just thinking. Um, one, um, two, like you said, um, your own struggle. And again, not boiling it down. To yeah. Just by no means. But I'm assuming, in just what you just said, you sound very sympathetic, at least now, to understanding a little bit more. Yeah. You know, uh, other struggles. Yeah. And I think for, you know, for believers, okay, so for Christians, that should be the heart of all of us. All right. Yeah. You may not struggle with that, whatever that is, kind of thing. Like if it's transgender, sexuality, identity whatever addiction whatever kind of thing you may not yeah. struggle with it but man we should have a heart mm-hmm. for that struggle because again if you boil down to you know your opening about identity we all struggle with identity yeah. we all struggle with sexuality you can be a heterosexual married for 40 years guess what you struggle with sexuality yeah one yeah. form or fashion i mean and here's the thing that i remember a couple of years ago i was really convicted of um for any of us, anyone, uh, but specifically for believers, to somehow think, maybe not say, but some maybe would would voice it, um, that any sin air quotes, is normal mm-hmm. or more normal just really shows how deceptive sin is. Yeah, right? Like so again, just in the heterosexual like, okay, married or whatever, like, so pornography, I mean, that's that's grotesque to the Lord. I mean, yeah. that is, you know what I mean? The Bible speaks over and over again about sexual immorality and adultery of the heart and all that. So we're watching, you know, uh, uh, heterosexuals, somebody grounded in who they are as a man kind of thing, it's sinning by watching two other people sin. I mean, how yeah. whack is that? You know what I mean? But we normalize that. Mm-hmm. But trans, oh, well, that's really abnormal. And you... You, you might struggle with one, but you can't understand their struggle. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so for me, man, just the perversion of my own sin, sexuality, um, ideas, whatever kind of thing, uh, sh- I, it's, it's perverse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But what's crazy is, like you said, where we are, a lot of people just, oh, well, okay, two unmarried people living together. Oh, you know, having an affair, a porn- what.
0: That's normal. Yeah.
1: But trans homosexuality, oh, oh, that's abnormal.
0: Yeah. I mean really? And like shame on them for trying to make it normal. For
1: real, yeah. As
0: if like half the shows on T V yeah. don't have yes like gun violence and yes. murders and yeah. like we're rooting for yes. the supposed good guy. Yes. We're we're rooting for John Wick to assassinate <laughs> all these people. Oh well, that's John. <laughs> yeah. The,
1: man. the other thing too though, man, I think it's so pivotal. Um, And, again, we're we're obviously, you know, deep south, you know, which is where we both grew up kind of thing. And so your struggle, which is resonates with a lot of people in one form or fashion, about not fitting in and and the stereotype and ideology of some people what this is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Because I know some very God-fearing men who I have heard, like, make comments, you know, about masculinity and what it looks like. And man, I have had to push sometimes and be like, um, I think you know David for those guys is a hero of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man's man, bears, lions, warrior, leader. He also played a harp. (laughs) Yeah, and and wrote poetry. Yeah, you you want to put him in emotional poetry? You you want to put him in a box? Jesus, I mean, turning over tables, cracking whips, challenging the religious elite—most definitely. Yeah. little kids coming to him tender I'm, yep. you you can't put him in a box mm-hmm. and so but the thing and we do it with not just males we do it with females all the time yeah. I, I remember growing up and again I'm, I'm a lot older kind of thing but that is very much a thing and I even you know being ignorant uh, naive whatever you want to call it kind of thing not that I would ever I don't I don't think I, I probably didn't make jokes to be honest be very I probably did uh, kind of like your dad Yeah. Or, or somebody, you know, about, hey, being a girl or whatever kind of thing. Because, you know, even in my age, you know, uh, well, a girl that, you know, uh, could work on a car or, or specifically like play softball, mm-hmm. there there kind of came this stigma, this stereotype of what that meant. She wasn't in pageants or, you know what I mean, wearing dresses all that, or whatever kind of thing. And I'm not old, old school, but you know what I mean? That's just kind of, yeah. yeah, she was tomboy. You started labeling yeah. right and so then for a guy again who didn't play sports or uh you know if, if if he loved books or you know he was in you know in the arts or whatever it yeah. was again that were acting kind of yeah. opposed to that you know a little more feminine kind of thing
0: yeah. I
1: mean, who who is defining that though yeah the culture uh you know where you grow up uh your personal preference yeah I just I now again I, being much more mature, not only in, in life, I hope and I know, but also just as a believer, man, you you got to stop that because we're still
0: prone to that as believers yeah. today. Even as someone who is on the receiving end of that, of like being called a little girl, mm-hmm. and it met messing my mind up. A oh lot, man, it's so damaging. Yeah, I did that to my little brother. Yeah, because there was a I remember a point where I was like, okay. Like, my dad's toughing me up. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm looking at my little brother and I'm like, why are you crying about everything? Mm-hmm. And so then I start using the same hurtful language. And yeah. anytime he was like emotional growing up, I'm looking at him like, come on, you little girl. Mm-hmm. Like, do we need a dress? And like doing all mm-hmm. those same things to yeah. just like continue the issue. Yeah. And uh, it's, it made me, uh, Press and Sprinkle had talked about these terms, binary and non binary. Okay. I didn't really understand. I've heard them before, mm-hmm. but it's. Uh, I wrote a book review for it, and I was like, the only time I've ever really heard these words is when it's like the purple hair, like flaming liberal. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like got posters and stuff up at some protest. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of like <laughs> let it slide, and I'm like, I don't even care to learn. But then he starts explaining it in his book and I'm like, dude, that actually makes a lot more sense. And I would feel a lot more at home with that of binary being there's this black and white. Mm-hmm. There's an either-or. Mm-hmm. There's uh, masculine or feminine. Mm-hmm. And if you're a male, you're masculine. If you're a female, you're feminine. Mm-hmm. And you got to fit in these very s- distinct boxes. And he says what the transgender... Uh, conversation has brought up is this idea of non-binary of there's going to be some things that are in the gray Mm -hmm. there's going to be more facets to it than just what we have deemed black or white yeah and how like you said there's some guys who are very manly but they they love music and they Mm -hmm. write poetry and they uh are more maybe they communicate their feelings a little better Mm -hmm. and they're not as like uh they're not like Mark Driscoll. they're probably more like Mr. Rogers yeah. and very like tender and not brash and but he's also yeah. very much so a man yeah and uh, Preston talked about how like it's it's actually like a good thing this con- the, the gender identity conversation has started because it as it's the church instead of pushing back and saying, Let's not have this conversation. Like, Mm -hmm. there's male, female, that's it. Yeah. We can uh, thank the LGBTQ movement for bringing this conversation to light because in our church setting, sometimes we box people into these very distinct, Mm -hmm. not biblical views Mm -mm. on male or female, but our own cultural views that we don't like Jesus tags on, stuff like that, of the man, The brotherhood meeting doesn't have to be a fish fry, hmm. like it's that that doesn't make it the fish fry part doesn't make it any more masculine or mm-hmm. feminine. Mm-hmm. It's just food, mm-hmm. and these uh, there's always like the the manhood retreats where we're gonna go camping, we're gonna go like shoot some I don't know deer, Got to shoot yeah. something, yeah. yeah, we're gonna shoot something, <laughs> and it's like okay, you could also like. I don't know. I'm not even going to say paint a picture because I don't even know if I'd be into that. Yeah, I know. But uh, there's other things you can do that aren't these uh, traditionally manly things and that doesn't take away from your manhood.
1: No, And I think, too, this, Austin, so some of it is just, again, uh, tearing down stereotypes. You know, this is the only way kind of thing. Because, again... Okay, so just stereotype in general, like, so you're Marjorie or let's just uh, John Wayne or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. So for a, a, a guy that's that kind of guy, I don't need to tell you I love you. You know, was well, that good and godly? I, if you don't tell your wife that you love, them, love her, that yeah. you their kids, you love them, is that? Yeah. yeah, but you're acting like a man. Yeah, You're, you're like, acting like an ungodly man. Yeah. Okay, so that, that would be kind of my thing. So I don't keep mm-hmm. that apart part, or set aside kind of thing, like, The other thing is, too, man, one of the things, like, God has just done a work, because, again, me growing up, my dad was a truck driver, Uh, he was a manly man, I grew up on a farm, I mean, that's sports, me, right? And I I love all that stuff, I still love all that stuff, don't get me wrong, but one of the things, again, God has done, in, in my heart, is when you really study the Scriptures, like, so... And first, Thessalonians only two. When Paul's talking about man, I've loved you like this nursing, nurturing mother. He, he's using the, the 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 beautiful picture of a nursing mother, that tender care, yeah, to talk about his love for them. Yeah, right? God does that a good bit too. Old Testament, and you, yeah, about how He cares, you know, and He nurtures and He takes us under His wings, like like. So again, Paul's not just. Using and Paul's very sure who he is as a man. Mm-hmm. God is a he like there. So the the identity, but he's still like okay. So that doesn't mean that I'm not nurturing. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I just think for us sometimes we we struggle with that on either end of the spectrum. You know, it is mm-hmm. I got to be bold and I got to be protective and I got to be this. Yeah, but you should also be nurturing and caring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not just. The other person, the other gender's role, which yeah. is what we typically do. The father is this, the mother is this. Yeah. Well, who says? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, and again, I think scripture is very clear on roles and things of that nature. And there's going to be overlap, which their scripture yeah. again points to, kind of thing, uh, when there's a single parent. I mean, there's all that. But I, I just think for us as a culture, we just kind of maybe it's learned. That's kind of what we've, you know. Mm-hmm. always learned or, or been brought up in. Uh, maybe it's preconceived notion. I don't know, but I know it's still very prevalent Yeah, right here, right now.
0: Yeah. I think that goes to the need to constantly—it's uh, like growing up in church. Uh, you're always challenged with the idea of you don't need to just depend on your parents' faith. You need to have a faith of your own, mm-hmm. and so you need to do that deep work of understanding Are you are you depending on your parents' faith to get you into heaven, or— Have Mm -hmm. you made that personal decision? And I think as uh, Christians in this like cultural moment with this topic, we need to do that deep work of are we just depending on this like traditional like cultural norm that we've all adapted? Or Mm -hmm. is there some, uh, I don't know, some new language we need to adapt? Is there some uh, taking out some idols that we need to Mm adapt? Take it, yeah. take out, and uh, are have we actually been striving to be biblical Christians, or have we just assumed that the Christianity we grew up in was very biblical? Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. That's the challenging part. Is uh, we all whatever you grow up in, you think is normal. Sure, I grew up thinking that your dr- dad being a drug addict was a normal thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was special, mm-hmm. and then you go To school, and you're telling your yeah. friends all these stories about your dad, and they're yeah. like, Yeah, my dad's an accountant, like, yeah, hate, he he doesn't struggle with drugs, yeah. and you're like, What? Yeah. Like, that's not everyone's struggle, yeah, but it's just whatever you grow up and you think yeah. is normal. And so, a lot of the times, part of this deconstructing that you have to do is the, the, the I think some of the biggest deconstruction you're gonna have to do is deciphering what is actually biblical mm-hmm. and what have you been told is yes, biblical. Agreed. And just because there's some Bible passages being attached to some things oh, yeah. to back it up doesn't mean it's yeah. actually biblical. You need to do that deep like exegetical work mm-hmm. of dissecting the scriptures, deep study and prayer, mm-hmm. and trying to uh, really understand the full intention and context of yeah. yes. what's being written.
1: Yeah, because it what surprises people a lot of times is on either side they will use Scripture. Yeah. Out of context sometimes, either side. You know what I mean? And and just kind of twist and and maneuver and make, you know, you go, because you can do that. If you go into Scripture with this preconceived notion and I'm going to find something to justify, Yeah, you can almost do that with anything. Yeah. Taken out of context again kind of thing. So, but I want to get back to something you said earlier. I think it's so paramount. So you said, even in some of your terminology that you thought you knew, Mm-hmm. But then, when talking with your friends, when reading another book, um, it's just this enlightening, just gathering from. and again, we've talked on a myriad of other topics. The same thing, gathering information. Yeah, you know that being, I don't know, just a learning more. Yeah, like not again preconceived. Like I, and again, you don't have to understand completely, but just having more of a, I need to, I want to understand more so that I can. Communicate better and relate with and understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think is so pivotal. Um, one other thing too, man. I was just thinking. So um, with the church, um, one of the things like there are hot topics, <laughs> like pressure point. Like when they get brought up, yeah. Uh, and I guess it's. I'm sure it's always been that case. But in the world we live in today, like so, in the last couple of weeks, I've really, you know, just been doing a lot of research, and and too, um, for my own self um, benefit. But obviously, knowing we're doing this topic today, man, and it's amazing how sometimes when some church leaders say things, um, and they're 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 calling on the church to be much more sympathetic and understanding and compassionate and aware, and they get railed. I mean they get trashed yeah and man my heart has just ached because they're not condoned I mean they're not saying yeah I agree with they're just saying as the church again we should we should be the most compassionate yeah people on the planet for any topic on my, and again yeah. it's not an agreement with but man how can you t- you know talk about grace talk about love. And then you're just like, nah, eh, it's up here, you know, kind of thing. Like I, I did you it, see
0: that Michael Todd clip? Uh no. I didn't, Do you know I who Michael I, Todd is? No. I'm okay. trying to think. <laughs> I'm uh, drawing a blank stare. He's I'm you a, a, a blank stare because I don't know. Pastor uh, at Transformation Church. Okay. It's I know that church, I, yeah. yeah but it's it's yeah. booming. Um he he I don't know what sermon this was, but it was this clip that went around and people mm-hmm. are rallying against him. Okay. And he's talking about the gender identity stuff. Yeah. And he's like, listen, this is how God designed it. So uh-huh. there's a male and female. Uh-huh. Now, what I have wanted uh-huh. for there to be like, okay, God, like, maybe there's a little bit more we can yeah. do here. And people took that and they're like, he's judging God. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, no, he's being a human. Yeah. We all. Yeah. Like, there's certain things that are God has deemed sin. Mm-hmm. And... It would be easier in our lives if, as Christians, yes. they were not sins. Yes. Because then the friendships we have with people, we wouldn't have to call them out. We wouldn't have to call people to repentance. Yeah. As like a natural human thing to say, yeah, I wish God would have made it easier, and He just let everything yeah. be deemed godly and good. Mm-hmm. But He didn't, and that that was like what Michael thought was getting at, and he he just he was trying to be very sympathetic and like caring about this conversation he's being gentle mm-hmm. and but he still spoke the truth yeah he still said yes god designed male and female mm-hmm. like that's it there's mm-hmm. the image bearers and uh it was it was crazy to me because i'm i'm like what more would you want him to say mm-hmm. what do you want him to like get up there and like bash that, that i think that's it i think that's it i think there's this pride
1: aspect to it um again there's this judging you know like because it's an i don't want to say easy one yeah. to pick on but i know the you know a few years ago even right here in Berrien county where we're at man mm-hmm. um, it was a topic very prevalent um, at one of our schools and i remember in the church circles it was kind of like which side are you on and they weren't asking what <laughs> uh, let me be yeah. clear they weren't asking do you believe it's this or that they were asking are you on our side against railing against it mm-hmm. and not talking about any other sin uh, you know what i mean like and for me that's just again like i, I am this it's truth jesus came embodied mm-hmm. truth we speak truth yes but it's also with grace. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it is so easy to pick this one. And, and let's just be honest. It's easy to pick this one. And I don't mean just trans. But I mean whatever this sin is because I don't struggle with that sin. Yes. And, and you said something earlier, um, you know, because we, again, I don't want to get off topic here, but just to use something very dear and dear to my heart because I don't struggle. You know, I've never struggled with um Feelings, emotions, sexual feelings—that is, toward um, the same sex. Mm-hmm. I, I've never struggled, even to your, you know, yeah. illustrate. I've, I've, I've just, ne- I've never struggled with that. So it would be, let's just say, easy for me to rail against those. Yeah. You know, God calls it sin. I could, I've never struggled with it. Boom, boom, boom. Um, Bryce, who is a special needs child, and I always think that's funny. We, you know, kind of say that he's <laughs> special. He is. Um, But there were words, and I obviously don't need to say, um, that I used in my vocabulary growing up to describe, again, cutting on friends. Yep. I'm with you. You know what I mean? For special needs kind of thing. Man, you you let me hear that word now. (laughs) Why? Because I have a special needs child. Yeah. It's changed things. Yeah. I, I don't talk that way now. I don't use certain vocabulary. I also don't view special needs children, adults, individuals, because now it's dear. When you have people in your lives, again, it does. And again, I'm not equating the two kind of thing, but like, so if I don't uh, struggle with homosexuality, but now I've there's someone, whether a family member or someone at you know work or somebody near and dear to my heart that is struggling with it, now maybe I can gain some not only sympathy, empathy towards, but understanding. You know what I mean? And and I think for some yeah. people, because they don't struggle. And they don't allow themselves to be, they're just at like, it is like leprosy. Like, let's put them in a colony and leave them over there and not go to them and don't dare get around. You know what I mean? I think that's like, sometimes the whole civil rights, you know, is kind of used sometimes. Mm -hmm. I I I think that's a poor, poor analogy kind of thing. I think the leprosy kind of thing is because that's how, as the church, sometimes we, we treat you know, people who are struggling with identity and sexuality specifically, um, I think we, we guard against getting
0: to know them. On, uh, on your point about the, uh, you have a, you, say you end up having a kid or a family member or whatever, mm-hmm. who, or friend, who is trans. Yes. You then learning to be sympathetic and more maybe a little bit more gentle than you were before towards them, mm-hmm. now you handle that situation doesn't make you soft no i think that's part of the issue too is when you don't have any relation with someone like that uh you you say whatever you want Mm -hmm. flippantly yep then you have that person come into your life and you are i don't know another way to put it you're on the battlefield Mm -hmm. and so you learn how to actually fight this battle or you you learn how to be in this, situ- this very uncomfortable situation and it actually I don't think it makes you soft it you're actually the one on the front lines mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, it's very easy I, and I've seen someone do this the other day because it's we're recording this in June mm-hmm. which is pride month mm-hmm. and so there's mm-hmm. all the little Christian posts right now about like it's Adam and Eve not Adam and Steve or yeah. the yeah yeah I've I seen a pastor do this, a pastor I love, who posted something about uh, is, all the scriptures mm-hmm. talking about homosexuality and yes. abominations, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't ever post on Facebook, mm-hmm. but he's come out of the woodworks to do this. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that of people who have no relation. Mm-hmm. they have they've never had a conversation with a trans person where they actually heard their heart or their struggles mm-hmm. they've never like cried with someone like that mm-hmm. and they have all they, they think it's bold to from a distance mm-hmm. throw these shots oh yeah but that's not bold at all yeah like when we you watch like Hacksaw Ridge mm-hmm. the guys in the bunkers shooting from afar you, no one's like yeah that's bold what they thought was bold was when Desmond Doss mm-hmm. goes into no man's land yeah. and is pulling people out. Yes. Even the enemy. Like, he's pulling them out to yeah. treat yeah, their yeah. medical wounds. Yeah. And like, that is bold, is when you're actually in those uncomfortable situations and you know how to move and mm-hmm. interact in. Yeah. Um, and then, two, the... <laughs> the with the trans conversation I think that as Christians I don't think it makes you weak when it comes to the pronouns mm-hmm. of I don't know we've we've talked we've had conversations in our church about this mm-hmm. about do we open another bathroom up for, mm-hmm. that's yes more like gender neutral yep uh do we use pronouns uh that was mm-hmm. a conversation we've had in our youth group because mm-hmm. that, that that's going on it's in high school thing. right now yeah it doesn't make you soft mm-hmm. or a lukewarm Christian mm-hmm. to do some of these things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just makes you very loving. Yeah. Of nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to have a male bathroom and a female bathroom. Mm-hmm. I remember when Target first mm-hmm. came out with the, tra- the neut- gender-neutral bathrooms. Mm-hmm. My whole mind, I was like, yeah, okay. Like the mm-hmm. gas station? Mm-hmm. Like one person in at a time? That doesn't... That doesn't get in anyone's way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't... Uh, there's constantly times where the man's bathroom has been destroyed. So <laughs> a man will go to the female's bathroom. Yes. When no females are in there, that's okay. Yeah. And there's just these uh, little things that you can take stands on. Sure. Oh, yeah. But... I feel like as Christians, we need to think a little bit more deeply and strategically about how we're handling them. Right. Of has it actually is it actually hurting someone? Is it actually like endorsing the things that yeah. they've chose to do? And I
1: think that's the key. So I think the struggle for a lot of people is, am I agreeing with? Yeah because I'm making accommodations because I, I'm doing this it, does that is that kind of my stamp of approval either to that person or bigger picture to others around yeah like okay if, if I allow this and that means I'm saying it's okay yeah. well and here's the thing so you, you said too man does it make me does it make us or anyone soft uh, does it I would say it, uh, if you're doing those it makes you actually more biblical yeah because I mean Hebrews 13. Uh, the right of Hebrews is talking about Jesus going being crucified outside the camp in this dark dangerous ugly place mm-hmm. and then he says oh and now because we know him uh, we should go outside the camp in the dark dangerous messy yep. places um, this whole like again uh, kind of to yours and what I mentioned earlier about the leprosy this whole idea if I if I touch someone with leprosy I'm gonna then be contaminated I, I'm gonna be a leper and I feel like that's how people kind of treat mm-hmm. people, especially trans or, or gay, lesbian. If I'm around them, maybe I might become like them. You know, it's this weird, and you know, it's not funny, man, because it's this weird like dynamic. And again, I just think of Jesus, and it's not because I'm a preacher. I'm just thinking Jesus was constantly around tax collectors, prostitutes, lepers, outcasts, right? And and what were the religious people saying? Mm-hmm. You know, they were saying, Oh, if he knew who they were. Yep. And Jesus like, Man, I didn't come for the, the well, I came for the sick. Yeah. And they were all sick. But these people knew they were sick. Something was right. You know what I mean? And so it wasn't like and Jesus would touch people who other people had cast out, and it was very intentional because it was a sign of intimacy, whether it was having a meal with mm-hmm. or being, you know, in their house. Uh, When you shouldn't be kind of, or the culture says you shouldn't be, like, Jesus was not contaminated. He didn't become like them. Mm -mm. So if we're, the mindset is we're not going to be around, are we really being like Jesus? Are we being more like the Pharisees? Uh, You know, like, it's just one of those things. It's just, I don't know, man. I Again, you mentioned those small, common, and again, you need to, as you said, pray through seek counsel with, mm-hmm. look at, I mean, you need to do all that, even small details. But I think sometimes people just kind of sh- mouth off or, or make decisions and they hadn't prayed about it. They hadn't really sought counsel. They had. And a lot of those even like small things, um, again, it kind of gets back, okay, it, this isn't I'm agreeing with. I mean, if we have okay. a bathroom that's a family bathroom yeah. and it's a single stall or you have a bathroom that's a single stall, and I don't know what sign you put on there. Everybody, or I don't know, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I understand. I understand people completely when it comes to just just the bathroom, about the safety of children and all. Yeah, I you know, men being in women's whatever. I am. I understand. Yeah, and so we're going to be wise. We're going to be you know about stuff like that. But like you said, if if you come to the mindset um, that you put a single bathroom with a lock on it kind of thing that's open to anybody, does that mean you're agreeing hmm. that I'm, uh, yeah, I I think it's totally okay kind of thing.
0: Something you had so, brought up before, sweet. too, when we had this conversation was uh, even looking out for the protection of that person who's trans. Yes. You're, of, you're doing both. Yeah. yeah. Of saying they just need to get over it and go to the bathroom that they were assigned to. it, Like, okay, how are you gonna actually feel when someone who looks like a female Mm -hmm. goes into the man's bathroom because that's it? Yep. You're gonna be pissed. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not ignorant to the things that you say around the campfires and stuff like that. Like, we've all heard these conversations. Mm -hmm. We hear it all the time on TV about what people actually think of stuff like this. Mm You're not what you've. I've I've heard it countless times say like, "Oh, that, if they ever go in there, I'm going to go in there and beat beat the tar out of them and stuff like that." And you're mm-hmm. just like, "Yeah, keep it PG." Yeah, <laughs> like what are you? One, what are you accomplishing with yeah. that? Two, yeah, you're part of the problem. You're there's no win-win with for for you. Yeah, you got to have. As Christians, we're following the way of Jesus, yeah. and so when Jesus summarizes the. The Torah or the law, Mm -hmm. he says, it's love God and love people. Yeah, and by the way, treat them like you would yourself. Yeah, and by the way,
1: when it's people or neighbor, it's everyone, not just people who look like you. Who, you know what I mean? When we think about sexuality, there, and so I think again, dude, it gets back to that. Like, so that person, and I even said Wednesday night, you know, that person that. Because we all, again, I, the Bible speaks so much about us, our tendency in the flesh to show partiality and that yes. God does not show partiality. And you know, James warns about people coming into our gatherings. And yeah, in that context, he's talking about, you know, he's decked out and he got the gold and all and where you seat him. Yeah, that's the context. And then the slowly brother you put at the end and sit on the floor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it can, does that not apply to everybody? How we treat them when they walk in, what they look like. Yeah what, you know you okay, well, I knew last year it was he was Steve and now he's going by Stephanie. you know so do I treat him? You know what I mean? like differently kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a warning for all of us, you know as yeah. a church because we're so prone to it. And to your point about them, you know the trans going into a restroom of their you know uh, original uh, gender, you don't think that's a conversation that's going to be had later on by somebody? Yeah. I promise you, uh, if you don't, like, voice and have these discussions, you let you let one walk in your gathering this Sunday. You let a male, female, gender neutral, whatever, walk in and somebody – and notice, mm-hmm. again, man, you don't think there's going to be some whispers? And yep. and then if it's a restroom, oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? Like – And how Satan would love to just man, you just completely. I mean, you talking about going in sanctuary and worshiping Jesus? Your mind is completely off of worshiping Jesus. Yeah, you know. So let's just be honest about this. I think part of that
0: is uh, we think that we have uh, these like magical words that are going to change the whole conversation or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or like we come across a trans person Mm -hmm. and we think calling them by their gender at birth or whatever yes if we call them or the gender, that's yeah, going yeah. to like set them straight yes and it's that foolishness of like no people who've been doing that yes like that that person's at this point probably used to it mm-hmm. and so are not used to it in the sense that it doesn't affect them mm-hmm. but they've heard it enough they're expecting that from a lot of people yeah and so as a Christian you're thinking uh, I'm gonna say strategically, not that this person's like a pet project or something like Me. that. But you're thinking strategically about how you're going to love them well. Mm-hmm. We do this with alcoholics all the time. Mm-hmm. We don't have, like, g- growing up, my dad, he's uh, he was an alcoholic. And so part of how we're going to uh, help him fight his addiction, mm-hmm. no alcohol in the house. Mm-hmm. If we go to someone's house and they have alcohol there, we usually would leave. Mm-hmm. Or we'd ask, my mom would ask him, hey, can you, like, hide that somewhere? Mm-hmm it was just making accommodations for their own struggles that they're dealing with mm-hmm. and so with the trans conversation when you have someone who is trans and you're in that conversation with them you you make these accommodations and you uh Preston calls it gender hospita- uh pronoun hospitality, pronoun hospitality yeah of you call them by yeah. whatever they're identifying with we do it all the time uh mm-hmm. he even he pointed out the hypocrisy sometimes of we get so fixated on. No. If you're a female at birth, I'm calling you a female. hmm Except for Sunday morning and we're welcoming people at the door and a family comes in. Mm-hmm. And we say, hey, guys, how are y'all? And we don't think twice about the fact that we just called... Three females. Yeah, guys. three females guys. Yep. Like, we're not that rigid about things. But what's funny is, so we're not... Yeah.
1: But that is a heel. Like I I again, when you like, there are there are certain things, and that seems to be a heel that people are just dying on right now. Yeah, it's like no, I don't care if she he changed his name to Stephanie and now he wants to be the the, you know called she. I ain't doing it because I don't agree with it. Okay, again, if you choose not to. Okay, that's your choice. Yeah. If you choose to, um, that's your choice. And, and just know there's, you know, repercussions for both, kind yeah. of thing. But it is crazy to me. Like, I, I've just seen again uh, pastors and leaders of, of churches, and they've addressed this issue with what seems like grace. And, and again, it's not I'm agreeing with, but this is kind of how we're going at it. And just people come like, Roundhouse, you know, mm-hmm. like man, you are—that's just crazy. But again, we do do that in so many areas. Mm-hmm. You know, like how we call people's names and stuff like that, and and like you said, just with the general guys thing, we do that. Is it accommodating them? Is it just what we're used to? And I did read, like, so people want some biblical, you know, context. I don't know if he if he brought this up, but how God will speak of wives, yep. plural. Um, when he's only recognizing your wife, mm-hmm. singular, uh, not polygamy, but it will speak of wives. Uh, Jesus at the woman at the well, you've had six husbands. Yeah. Well, where did one live and then die, and one live and die? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or were they just? Was she divorced? Was there? We don't know all the backstory to it, but he's you know addressing six plural, husbands, and the one you're living with is not your husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, there's, I, I think there's, it's not just black and white yeah. in Scripture. Okay, which way do you, well, what do you do? Do you just call the original gender or, or uh, what they would prefer? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there can be some, you know, again, some grace in there. Yeah, And, and yes, you may not agree with one or the other, yeah, the other side kind of thing, but that hill dying on again is just kind of, I, I don't know, man. I just worry like either way, are we really? You said it early, loving them well. Yeah, I'm not agreeing with, not not. Um, I don't know, just. But I wanna, I wanna get to know you. I want to love you. Hear I, their story. I, I want to yeah. know. You're, and again, it's not just knowing their struggle in that specific area. Mm-mm. It's not because they're not a project to be fixed. Okay, yeah. they're not a means to an end. They're not okay. Look at us. We have you know trans in our church, or look at us. We don't have one because we don't believe in it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not that kind of stuff. But man, behind every single soul, no matter what their struggle is, there is some underlying struggle, and yeah. I guarantee you, it's gonna eventually get down to identity
0: yeah one form or fashion yeah some struggles so so that's uh what galatians three twenty eight. 28 uh i'll read a little bit before that too yeah. uh but now that faith has come we are no longer under a guardian friend the anointed one jesus you are all sons of god through faith for as many of you were baptized into christ have put on christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male mm-hmm. nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, Preston brought that verse up of like, there's there are Christians out there who are trans and like they, they've used that verse and they're like, see, like... Yes, yeah, yeah. yep. Homestead, so that goes yes. back to the... Using the same verse. Yeah, yep. you can pick and choose verses all the time to defend whatever you believe. But what Paul is actually trying to do is say... Yeah, like, we all have different, uh, that term intersectionality. Mm-hmm. You have all these different things that make you you. Uh, for me, like, I'm a carpenter. I, uh, I'm about to be the husband, or, yeah, by this point, I'll be Berlin's husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Gregory. There's all these different things that come into play to make my identity, mm-hmm. me, Austin, Neil Gregory. Yeah, But the thing that matters above it all, the thing that actually breeds life into all those different areas... Mm-hmm that I identify in, is my identity in Christ, that Jesus has died and bled for me, that he's uh, gave me a place to where I don't have to feel shame. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to that trans conversation, uh, I I, I remember there's a conversation I had with a pastor once where he said that uh, you can't be gay and a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, we have like hypocrites who are christians mm-hmm. we have alcoholics who are christians mm-hmm. like there's uh we all are on these journeys with jesus these walks with jesus and there are for some of us we have different starting places than others mm-hmm. so for the trans person they may uh have like fully done the whole like gender reassignment surgery mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. And they may not see anything wrong with it, but they love Jesus, mm-hmm. and they are not that these things make you Christian. But they're they're doing the, everything seemingly right. They mm-hmm. go to church. They're involved in Bible study. Mm-hmm. They're praying. They're giving to the poor. They're doing everything else. There may be this one thing mm-hmm. that Jesus hasn't uh, fully worked on them with, mm-hmm. or like he's and it's in the process. Yeah, and that's okay. Like people are not going to change overnight. Uh, we none of us have. I'm like at this place right now where I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm questioning like theology all over again. Like mm-hmm. there's, it, it feels like every time you think you get like a theological question, like the answer to it, another theological question pops up. And you're like, what? The, what am I supposed to do with this? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we're just all works in progress, and we're all like Jesus is slowly sanctifying, trying to grow us more into His image over the course of our lives and there's going to be times where he's not working on the most obvious thing Mm -hmm. he's working on a lot of these more subtle things Mm -hmm. around it yeah and that's going to be the thing that uh gets into some of the deeper core issues like you said of Mm -hmm. like identity that we're wrestling with that we all wrestle with yeah um and so there needs to be grace towards the person but then uh i'd say too that as Christians, one of the things Preston brought up was the, the difference between sex and gender. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we uh, we have the chromosomes or whatever. Yes. So a male is XY, yeah, yeah. female is XX. Yep. There are people who mm-hmm. are genuinely, they call them intersex. Yes. That means that they have male and female genitalia, yep. and you might not know it looking at them. Mm hmm. But they have a whole bunch of struggles that they're gonna to have to work through, yes. and so looking at them and you're like, they, they mm-hmm. uh, you, you want to just throw like the trans term on them or whatever, and like say you just need to be the gender you were assigned at birth. Mm-hmm. That is a genuine struggle for them. Yeah, I think sometimes we don't fully understand, uh, like, what the fall does mm-hmm. of their. Everyone's made in the image of God, mm-hmm. but there are people who are born with like an extra arm, mm-hmm. or you got conjoined twins, mm-hmm. you got uh, people who have mental disabilities mm-hmm. or physical disabilities that they were born with. Yeah, and I think that's one of the conversations that probably has not been touched on as much in the church. Mm-hmm. Is there are some people who, like that, that affects th- yeah. the genitalia? Yes, and. As Christians, that's okay. That doesn't shatter our theology yeah. or uh, the idea that God made male and female. Mm-hmm. It just it's one of those things that we're going to have to, like you said, God gave us a prescription of, uh, you know, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and mm-hmm. strength, and you're going to love people as yourself, mm-hmm. and that means you you just enter into those spaces that aren't as clear. Like mm-hmm. we had an identity uh, episode before mm-hmm. where we talk about God doesn't give you, the, he doesn't tell you what college to go to. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless he's like speaking to you in like the dreams and visions. Yeah. Uh, for most of us, we have a few different options. Uh, we're going to go to UGA or Florida mm-hmm. or Liberty. And we have to prayerfully discern how to handle yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that's the same with, a lot of these situations around the gender conversation is, and even being friends or maybe you're dealing with it yourself, is you prayerfully discern it. Yeah. And you you depend on God's word, you yeah. study it, mm-hmm. but you also, uh, you go to God and, and you just be present with him. Yeah. And you you let him like breathe that grace and that mercy over yeah. you of when you're in those still quiet moments, with God in like deep prayer and meditation, mm-hmm. I feel like God gives us a lot more grace than sometimes we can even expect from other people. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, Henry Nowen talked about how he... Uh, Henry, he, he was never married, but he had a friend. And he his best friend was everything to him. He's mm-hmm. like, this is my guy. This guy has a family. Mm-hmm. And this guy can't give Henry all the time in the world because he's got... A family, hmm. and so Henry struggling with this as like a single Christian. He's like, I feel like you just don't you don't care enough about me. Yeah, and that guy, uh, God had to do some work on Henry or whatever, and then he finally had a conversation with that guy. And that guy's like, Henry, I loved you. Like you're you're my best friend. Hmm. But I can't be everything to you. Yeah. I'm hmm. not gonna heal every wound you have. Mm-hmm. Uh. I I can't do what only Jesus can do for you, and I think. Uh, if we could give any advice to people in, like, the trans community, people struggling with this, is, like, the church is going to disappoint you. Yeah. And even though it's not in the same way, mm-hmm. I would say the church probably has disappointed me in you at times. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah, you're a pastor. You're like <laughs> no, but The I church think, is, yeah. you're, you're fully, uh, not that other people aren't fully involved, but you're involved in the church in a way that is emotionally tolling. Mm-hmm. Of a lot of times we forget that pastors are, they're caring for people all the time, mm-hmm. but if there's not a system set up, they're often the one who gets the least cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, I, that, that's part of human nature in the fall. And so don't depend, I guess the advice is, don't depend on people to heal those deep wounds yeah. and stuff like that. There's only one but then, yeah. On the other side of that, as Christians, we need to be intentional about loving mm-hmm. and creating space for people to wrestle through these things, and not try to like fix it right away. Yeah. But really, uh, give them that long term space to mm-hmm. wrestle through, like wh- whatever questions they're dealing with or mm-hmm. struggles they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it maybe they hate, just hate their body. Yeah, and that they have like this. Um, i mean there, there's that conversation in the gym culture of mm-hmm. people who work their entire lives to get the best physique and everyone else thinks they have the best physique but they think they're fat yeah like there's there, there's some people who that's just the thing is that mm-hmm. they they struggle loving the body they're in yep but then there's other people who have a lot more internal deeper struggles uh that you're gonna have to work through and wrestle with and there's gonna be times where you think that you've y'all handle it and it's all good mm-hmm. you don't ever have to have this conversation again and then mm-hmm. the next conversation comes and you're going to have to start back from base one Yeah. and yeah. it's just as a Christian uh, you taking on that spirit of Christ of you're being slow you're yes. patient you're quick to listen yeah. you're slow to speak yeah. and uh, again you just create that space for people whatever circle they have to come to you and you love them the best way you can yeah
1: that's good. Yeah. And, and man, I think it's just, again, it's a Maga day. Yeah. It's made in the image of God. So what we see with our eyes and think with our minds and been told or been accustomed to or whatever kind of thing, man, that individual is yeah. made in the image of God. The same God that you're made the image of, even yeah. though they look very different. Or act very different or think different or believe different whatever kind of thing they still are yep for whom Christ died and so for you know again man they're not a project to be fixed Mm -mm. they're a person to be loved no matter again how different whatever that is kind of thing and I just my my heart um, again I the Galatians 328 um, you know, again, will be used. You know, by some, see, there is neither male nor female. Paul, again, in the context, is about redemption. Yeah, I mean, it's all about salvation. doesn't matter if you're a slave or free in Christ, you are free. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a male or female, rich or pu- all that kind of stuff. Is the same God loves, died for you, rose. You can know Him, and that's that's the beauty of that. Um, every time sexuality or anything is addressed in New Testament, whether it's Paul or Jesus, man, they're running back to creation. Mm-hmm. They're running back there, and that's what uh, redemption, recreation, if you will, being born again, is running back to what how God created it in the first place. Yep. It says so. We know that as believers. In the same breath, man, we you mentioned. I I know it's different timing, but tomorrow I'm I'm preaching on walking with God is it is a walk, man, and we Mm -hmm. walk with other people, which means, man, sometimes it's it's some murky, messy stuff you're going through, and and it's not as fast to quick to the destination as you hope for either person, but you're walking with them, and I just, that's what I want, like, I, I, I want on both sides for our hearts to be, we, you know, for believers who love the Lord, love the Word, you still can love people who disagree. Yep. And, and so let's make, as you said, that space, man, where we can, you know, get to know them. And because on the hurt part of the church, for me, there's just some ownership. Mm-hmm. And it's not new. The scriptures do it over and over again. The sins of our fathers, sins of our fathers. Why are they praying and confessing the sins of fathers? They didn't have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I'll hear people say that about whether it's slavery specifically, raci- racism, whether it's you know with with rap. well, I, I I don't do this. I don't. Why would I have to confess? I, I way before my time. Or what? Man, one is there still that underneath? Let's just be honest that we all deal with kind of thing mm-hmm. that we need to confess. But two, like you said, I won't people of different sexualities and struggling with whatever identity and this, they have been hurt most, a lot of the times, by people, family members, Mm -hmm. people very close to them. Um, A lot of other people have shouted things, said things. They find community Mm -hmm. in people of the same a lot because they're accepted. Yeah. Whereas the church, typically, mostly, which side are we? I mean, you know, again, it's yeah. not we agree with or necessarily just disagree with, but do they at, f- at least find space where there can be conversations, where they yeah. can feel welcome, where they can experience love and not be yelled at and just constantly condemned and judged? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's why there is a lot of hesitation. And that's why, yeah. again, I don't want to speak for, for either side as a whole kind of thing. I think that's one of the reasons there is so much division. Mm-hmm it for trans as far as the typical traditional church because they're just their perceived notion is what they've experienced maybe or their perception of is that most churches are just gonna that's what they're gonna do they're gonna judge them they're gonna you know condemn them they're gonna you know like so why would they have anything to do with that type of believer yep so it's tough just love people, man. Yeah. Love God, love people. so simple. We make it complicated so much.